You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawks are with you on a Friday, our first football Friday of the year. The NFL schedule is out, and we've been looking through week one. Let's take some big picture takeaways here with our next guest, Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus. He's joining us on the Roman guest line. Ben, uh, a lot to, to get into here and a lot to break down. One of the things we were looking at early uh, in the show today was you know, rest for certain teams. Seems like the Packers really got, you know, the short end of it in terms of rest. Seems like the Bills um, seem to have a lot of rest compared to their opponents. How much do you look at something like that? Big picture NFL schedule when you look at win totals, things like rest and, and road trips and all, and all those kind of things uh, entering a season. Yeah, definitely. They all, they all definitely matter. I do think from a win totals perspective, it's probably maybe a little bit overstated, but I do think when you're betting, you know, spreads and totals week to week, uh, it's definitely a factor that we take into our models, both, both you know, rest differential for the teams that are going to be playing that particular week, but also, you know, travel situations and time zone differentials. Those are all things that uh, can give, you know, a slight edge uh, to one team. And if we're not seeing, you know, a huge uh, market uh, correction based on those things, uh, they're definitely spots you can exploit from a betting perspective. Ben, let's start with the season opener. Rams, Bills, NFL didn't mess this one up. You didn't think they would here. Uh, point spread of one. Now we've seen it posted at some books. Rams minus one. I've seen Bills minus one. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, it seems you know fairly accurate given the Rams. You know, a little bit of a home field advantage. Probably not as strong as a lot of other places. But uh, I like the Bills here. I do think that if you look at uh, basically all the power ranking systems, everybody has them as the number one team right now. I think if you do you know kind of the calculation to uh, get the betting market power rankings, uh, they're the clear the clear number one team right now uh, based on those projections. So. I like Buffalo here, minus one. I know even, you know, uh, you know, plus one if you can get it, minus one if you can't. But uh, they seem like uh, the correct approach to bet here on Thursday night. Now, the 52-point total, uh, we know the Rams have a really good defense. Uh, are the Bills kind of going to be as pass-happy uh, as they were in years prior when they had Brian DeBowl uh, as the offensive coordinator? He's, coordinator? he's obviously moved on a little bit, but uh, if they continue to kind of uh, move in that direction offensively. Uh, we could see a game where this potentially goes over that total as well. Hey Ben, who do you like in Steelers at Bengals? Um, yeah, I mean, this, yeah. this one's this, this one's interesting. Uh, <laughs> it is very interesting. I agree with you. I think you know last year it was uh, you know three three and a half four point totals. Obviously, Cincinnati kind of handled business against Pittsburgh last year, but I don't really think you know the drop off from Ben Roethlisberger to uh, you know, Mitchell Trubisky uh, is is that great to the point where this should really be a six and a half or seven point spread. So 
I kind of lean in Pittsburgh's direction. I do think they're going to maybe be able to win uh, a little bit of an ugly game or at least keep it within uh, less than a touchdown differential here. So I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers here in week one. I do think it's going to be uh, pretty popular to fade the Cincinnati Bengals throughout the course of their season here. In 2022, I know that's you know, a popular talking point already, but uh, I think it's a good approach to start here in week one with Pittsburgh at plus six and a half. Ben, how about Sunday Night Football week one? It will be a game I'm sure that we'll take a ton of tickets on. The Buccaneers at the Cowboys in Dallas. We saw this game to start last year. It was a very close game. Dallas covered the number. Tampa Bay, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite against a Cowboy team who had a big year last year, but I, I think they've had a pretty rough offseason in terms of talent departures there in Dallas. What do you make of that one? Bucks two-and-a-half-point favorites in Dallas. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, in some ways both teams have had a little bit of a talent departure, especially along the offensive line. I feel like it's, you know, somewhat of an accurate spread right now. I am really interested in uh, potentially teasing the Cowboys up to an eight-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, home home dog, a little bit of that plus two-and-a-half price, so it kind of makes a perfect teaser leg. If you can find another spot that you really like, I think that's probably uh, the, the only approach that I would really take on the spread. I do think the total might be uh, just a little bit high based on where we expect both of these offensive lines to be uh, a little bit of a loss in the skill position players for both teams as well. So I do think under 51 and a half uh, makes a lot of sense. I agree with you. Really popular game. Uh, it's a spot that I'm already interested in getting some teaser action on, but uh, don't have a strong <laughs> feel on the spread right now. Ben, uh, the the one thing that really jumped out when breaking down the week one matchups and the point spreads uh, that got posted right away and started to get bet into is the number of home dogs. And I, I see 11, only uh, five home teams are favored. And this has been a theme over the last couple of years. Home field is not what it once was. What what do your numbers over at PFF tell you about home field and your, your average field in the NFL and on the high end how high are we willing to go for home field yeah definitely so we have it right around like 1.65 uh spread points basically for home field advantage right now and again that's you know league wide uh and that is it actually has come back a little bit right I think in 2020 with the COVID situation no fans have basically dropped to uh nothing whatsoever and it kind of had a you know maybe a little bit of a rebound last year and I do think that we're going to probably kind of continue in that direction so 1.65 uh, as spread points is basically what we have uh, baked into it. Now we do see a few teams potentially drift up a little bit. Seattle's been a spot that uh, has definitely had created more home field advantage uh, than years prior. Philadelphia as well uh, is a spot that you know can get up into the two point spread points uh, differential range a little bit. So those are you know on the high end, and then I think you know both Los Angeles teams don't really have a ton of. Uh, you know, ton invested from a fan's perspective. So we probably have that closer to like a one point differential for home field advantage for both, you know, the Rams and Chargers and those sorts of teams on the low end of the scale. So uh, anywhere between one and two, I don't think it's uh, maybe as big of a deal as some people break it down to be right now. But uh, I think we could see that uh, have a little bit of a comeback here in 2022. What teams do you, are you looking to kind of fade to start the season that you think might get off to a slower start? Yeah, I do think, you know, like I mentioned, I think Cincinnati makes uh, a ton of sense to uh, potentially fade. They do have a really difficult uh, schedule down the stretch in weeks 13 through 15. So maybe they're a team that you don't necessarily want to fade right away. But I do think that they could uh, end up really slow facing off against Kansas City, Cleveland, and Tampa Bay in back-to-back weeks. So uh, they're a team that I'm just not as high on as even the market. And I know that, you know, people are kind of getting maligned as far as them going to the Super Bowl last year and not even being, you know, a top six 
seven team to win the Super Bowl this year. But I think everyone's kind of baking in maybe a little bit of a hangover for them. But I, I definitely buy into that. Uh, outside of that, I think, you know, Cleveland's going to have a really rough patch to start the season. Uh, thankfully, their schedule kind of got pushed uh, out a little way. So they do have a really difficult end of season schedule. So it'll be interesting to see how they start off. But they're a team that uh, the betting market seems to, uh, you know, seems to be buying into right now. So they're definitely a fade. Uh, from my perspective as well. And then San Francisco, I know, uh, still haven't resolved the whole, uh, you know, quarterback situation with Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, who's going to be starting. I do think that uh, if we see Trey Lance essentially starting uh, early on, if they announce that, I do think that they're going to be a team uh, that can probably be actively faded. Now, I don't really want to back them against the Bears. Uh, I don't really want to, you know, play them against the Bears right now, not knowing that quarterback situation. But I think, you know, a six and a half point home dog for Chicago even though the fact that they had, you know, probably not improved whatsoever, especially at the offensive skill position players, um, I still think that the Bears should hopefully be able to cover uh, that wide of a that wide of a spread in Week One at home. Ben, I'm curious your thoughts, and there's not many teams that change a lot between, you know, the free agency, the draft doesn't usually move the market that much. I'm curious your thoughts on the Eagles. It feels like they're going to become a popular team this summer uh, for betters, uh, whether it be the NFCs or bigger picture. I was just scrolling through um, their opening spreads over at DraftKings. I, I only saw them underdogs in three games. They were 9-8 and eight last year. Uh, obviously, I added A.J. Brown and, and uh, through the draft this year. What's your thought on the Eagles? They open up four-and-a-half-point favorites week one against the Lions, which is big picture on the Eagles uh, as we enter this season. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's a really exciting time to be uh, an Eagles fan, to be honest with you. Think, you know, move from basically plus 350 uh, kind of before the draft to up to plus 250 to win, you know, the NFC East. So I do think that, you know, betters are starting to take notice of the fact that they've built something that uh, could definitely be a really intriguing option to bet on in the NFC. And they have, you know, the fourth easiest uh, strength of schedule coming up according to our current ELO rankings right now. So uh, not a lot is out there in the path of resistance. And I do think that it really depends on uh, their approach that they take with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Now, if they want to be really, you know, successful team-wise uh, and build it out, they're going to probably play an offense similar to how they played toward the end of last season. Heavy run, heavy RPO options. Uh, get Jalen Hurst out in space, potentially give him a lot of options, potentially run the football. Uh, if they want to know what they have for upcoming years with Jalen Hurst and whether they should lock him into a long-term deal, they're going to have to unleash him a little bit more. They're going to have to have him perform more as a drop-back passer and kind of answer some of those questions that a lot of people still have about him. But I like I like their outcomes uh, kind of in either direction. I'm a Jalen Hurts fan. I do think that he is capable uh, of, of elevating his play heading into year three. And I do think that's the reason why, uh, you know, outside of the skill position players that they have, which have been, you know, really solid uh, understanding and really solid way of actually building that team out. Uh, I think they make a lot of sense. Though so they are getting pretty popular and trendy here. Uh, that Detroit's, you know, been pretty plucky as an underdog in 2021. I do think that continues. So maybe it's not a spot that you really want to back them in week one. But I think outside of that, going forward, uh, I'm still buying into the Philadelphia Eagles. And I do think that they can be, you know, legitimate contenders in the NFC when it's all said and done. Ben, you mentioned earlier that the reaction the schedule release, the impact on the win totals can be overstated. But were there were there any win totals maybe you did not bet that you were considering and then you saw the schedule release and not saying it, it got you off a specific bet, but maybe it, it slightly shifted your opinion. Yeah, I do think that, uh, you know, with the schedule release, what I how I like to approach it is I do like to look at 
spots where teams have really difficult or really easy stretches. And if it was a team that was, I was kind of on the fence about uh, locking in either, you know, a futures bet to win the division or a win total bet. Uh, I do think that maybe you can play some of those stretches and potentially get a better price. There are, you know, a few teams that jump out to me uh, as far as that. I do, I do like what the Indianapolis Colts uh, have kind of done getting Matt Ryan at quarterback. I do think he's a pretty significant upgrade. Uh, and conversely, I do think Tennessee has kind of fallen off the radar. So I think Indianapolis has kind of moved to uh, at least, you know, the odds on favor to win the AFC South, but uh, they have a pretty difficult start to their season, right? Weeks three through five, they play Kansas City, Tennessee, Denver. I think after that, uh, if they do struggle a little bit during that stretch, I do think, you know, after week five, they're a team that you can definitely buy into uh, and maybe even get a better price than what you're getting now for them to win the AFC South. So that's kind of how, uh, you know, I approach the schedule release. But I do think there are, you know, a few different teams uh, that make a lot of sense to potentially wait, given, uh, you know, the, the difficult start that they're going to have to the season and then the potential opportunity to buy low on them uh, as we hit the midway point. How many bets do you make now? Or are you mostly waiting? Are you looking at futures, awards? What's your strategy at this point, the day after the schedule was released? Yeah, definitely. So I have probably like 12 to 15, you know, futures bets from before the draft. Uh, and kind of through free agency and those sorts of things. I haven't bet anything in the last week. I am kind of working through uh, that now. I do think that this is a really good time, if you can handle it, to lock in some of those spreads. We do see a pretty drastic line movement. You know, a spot like DraftKings basically has, like, you know, 250 games already posted with spreads available. So uh, definitely taking advantage of that, working through our power rankings, uh, you know, and running our models for each particular game to see if there is any sort of edge. And then I, I am comfortable you know, locking those situations in when we do sh- do show a decent edge. Cause it, it seems to be, you know, given the last couple of years when we have bet this early, a lot of those opportunities have moved in our direction. So uh, I don't mind locking in. I know there's this, uh, you know, concept or idea of, you know, the time value of money and not really wanting to lock in, uh, you know, cash for that long or that, that stretch of a period for just getting, you know, a, a minus one time return. But I think there's a lot of reasons for why it does make a lot of sense as well. So I'm betting, you know, spread a uh, few totals as well. And I definitely, you know, I'm taking and reevaluating uh, the futures market to see if there's any sort of, uh, you know, outline that I can, I can put in place to potentially buy into a team that I haven't bought into yet uh, and trying to judge when would be the best and worst time to actually do that. And one of those teams I, I think is really just uh, interesting is it's, it's always almost been an auto bet for years. We don't worry about them. But the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I saw this last night, first team in NFL history to start the season, eight straight games against teams that had a winning record the previous year. Obviously, teams change. Doesn't mean all those teams are going to be good, but that stands out. They're on the road week one against Arizona. What do you think of the Chiefs? They lose Tyreek Hill, um, kind of reshuffling that thing a little bit around around uh, Patrick Mose. A, a little about a minute left. Thoughts on the Chiefs uh, opening in Arizona and then big picture on them this season? Yeah, definitely. I do think I was under, you know, 10 and a half game win total for Kansas City. Is looking at the start of their schedule. You know, you you mentioned it, but weeks one through seven really brutal, brutal, especially weeks four through seven. So I think if you do want to buy into the Chiefs and be positive about them, you kind of wait until after that week eight by because uh, they're eight, they are going to be a team that's probably, you know, four and four, four and four, three and four or something like that at that point. Uh, so there's definitely opportunities to wait on the chiefs. Uh, if you want to fade them, now is the time. If you don't want to fade them, I would wait till, uh, you know, mid season and actually get them after the buy. I think it's definitely the correct approach. Great stuff, Ben. We always appreciate hopping on Ben Brown on the Roman guest line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for EDL from the comfort 
and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. It's always interesting to hear the teams that we're, we just, you could feel it. That people are going to jump on or be on the other side of, and the schedule just kind of just adds to that. You feel it already. The, the Chiefs thing is interesting. People might be down the Chiefs. I am a little bit. The the Andy Reid win total thing is tough. It's kind of yeah. like Mike Tomlin. It's hard to take the Steelers under. It's hard to take the Chiefs under. But if you're ever going to do it, look at the landscape of the AFC. This would probably be the time. Yeah, it might be. All right, we'll dive into the NBA tonight. A pair of big games, elimination games. We'll hit it next right here on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.